What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. So what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Dig on Doug podcast. Super excited to have my boy, Carlos, here today. Uh, we go back to Cal State East Bay, uh, both social sociology majors there where we connected and everything and just kept uh, a friendship going and everything. Really, really glad to have you on the podcast today, man. Really appreciate it. Good, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm appreciative too. Man, it's, it's, it's all love. So I, so I truly appreciate it. Um, I wanted to get you in here. I've been searching for somebody to talk hoop with. Um, I'm not a big basketball fan myself. I do like to just jab because uh, I'm usually not local to the teams that are doing successful and everything. And then like when the Warriors got big and everything, I'm like, I was feeling them at first and then the KD thing happened, which we'll touch on. And then I wasn't feeling that. But of course, I don't like bandwagon folks. And so it's a, it's a whole thing. We'll get into it. But definitely want to get into this and just just be able to uh, somebody to talk to who I know loves the sport and everything. Um, so yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then your love for uh, that uh, blue and gold? I mean, I put it like this. I love sports in general. So my favorite sport is actually baseball, believe it or not. Uh, okay. So I, baseball has always been my my first love. I played baseball as a youth. Um, I played ba- I played one year of basketball, and I was in eighth grade. So um, I never played football, although I I regret that I never got the chance to suit up because I think I would have been pretty good because I was always athletic. But you know, I'm 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 a sports fan, but I'm also a homegrown loyalist so <laughs> coming out of Oakland man I'm gonna support it just on the strength so yeah that's where my love for the Warriors comes from man just being a kid and just you know growing up supporting Oakland teams and you know I've been a, I've been a Warriors fan since I was little mm-hmm. see and, and I think part of the reason why I may not have like strong ties to Bay Area or even California teams for the most part is I'm from Vallejo, so like we don't have like a sports team, but the I know it has to be different to have a sports team that's in your city. So what has that been like for you, like being in an actual city that has a sports team? Um, what is that? What has that been like? Oh man, it's 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 just another layer to the pride, you know. I um I grew up off of Fifty Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. so the Coliseum is on Sixty Sixth Avenue. So I mean, in my backyard. All I had to do was step out and I could see the Coliseum, you know. Okay. Uh, whenever there were fireworks shows, I could see the fireworks from my backyard. And, um, you know, it's just, it's something about, you know, being from somewhere and wearing that, those logos or that city name. And, you know, I, I think that's just, uh, that just kind of comes with the territory. I mean, everywhere you go, it's just something to represent. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel and, and it gives you like a sense of community and camaraderie, even though different things may be going on um, in the city or stuff like that. Tension, but when you see them same colors in that sense of something prideful, it's like for me, like I'm a football wise, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and there's Eagles fans scattered throughout the Bay Area. And like when I see them, like we heads up each other. Like there was one time I was driving on the freeway. And like I saw this guy uh, pass me by, and then but I saw his like hand with like a thumbs up, and I was like, I was like, what is he talking about? 
So I, I eventually caught up, and then, like, he had an Eagles hat on, and then so he looked back at me, and then I'm like, we both looking at each other like, hey, so it's definitely that camaraderie that that really gets bring you together with sports, and, and it's such a beautiful thing. And so um, what are some of your earliest memories of just basketball, either one playing it or also of the Warriors and stuff growing up? Yeah, so – and before I get into that, I want to say, man, after the Raiders, the Eagles were my second favorite team, man. I, oh I, man, I yeah, okay. I mean, they they they're the team with the most black quarterbacks that I can remember. So that was <laughs> so. I feel you. Yeah, um, I think some of my earliest memories playing basketball are just you know growing up playing basketball in the parks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my dad would take us all over Oakland, you know, we would go to, my, my favorite was Mosswood Park as a kid. I, I don't know why I like Mosswood Park so much, but um, he would take us to Mosswood Park. We would play in Berkeley. We would play in Alameda. We would, um, I mean, basketball has been one of those things where it didn't matter, you know, if you were necessarily raw or not when you were young. It was just, hey, you want to play? We need an extra person or, you know, we need 10. So, you know, come play and um, you get, and it's also one of those sports you can play by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I can just grab a basketball. I can just go shoot around. I can work on my my dribbling. I can work on my shot, shoot free throws, whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I, I, I've always just been into sports. So, I mean, yeah. it was times where we would play with soccer ball you know playing soccer and <laughs> I remember even being in high school man you know I, I'm I'm competitive so we we would we would have uh heated badminton competition oh man oh man I miss badminton badminton is a wonderful sport yeah no I mean some some like my memories of basketball um I never took I never took basketball like super serious uh my oldest brother he loves basketball I used to play with him a little bit when I was younger uh, but some of my earliest memories is being in middle school um, or back in the day when they called it junior high. Right. <laughs> um, and there was this one time, well, like I was a lot taller than a lot of people most of the time um, when I was in middle school. So like we would play basketball. I automatically went to center and I was, I was Dikembe. Like I was just up there blocking shots. I didn't care about nothing else. Mm-hmm. Never, never cared for scoring or anything, but like blocking shots and then just waving that finger, getting that Dikembe Mutombo finger was like, so fun to me but one of the funniest memories I have of like a basketball thing was um in in junior high and somehow we don't know how it happened or at least I don't know how it happened uh, at Solano uh, junior high in Vallejo um somebody had broke the rim on the basketball court but it was hanging off so like at recess we went out for recess so then everybody's dunking this is like the first time for like everybody to dunk people out here trying to do craziness and i remember that just being like a super fun time uh for us just out here trying to like people out here like oh i'm penny hardaway or you know i'm jordan it was just a fun time like basketball is just there's something about that sport and being on the being on that court and that ball man it's just something special about it oh for sure man even growing up in the neighborhood, you know, we would take the milk carton gratings and mm-hmm. we would, you know, cut out the bottom of them with a hammer and, you know, post that up on a telephone pole. And, you know, we'd be playing basketball that way when we couldn't get to the park. Yeah. No, man, but basketball is real. I remember, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, even though I, I remember playing basketball with my brother, uh, my oldest brother, and 
I would always try to hit a Jordan fade. I don't know why. Like, that was the one thing I would just yeah. try to hit that. It, I don't think it worked. It may work, like, went in, like, maybe three times. But that that joint just did not work for me. Because, um, I mean, plus at that time, as a big man, as a now big man, as I would be now, I never hit, the, like, the saw the, the sky hook or anything, anything like that. But um, one of the one of the ways um, I really like basketball is the physicalness of it, and I'm, we're we're in a new era where there's not a lot of physical play. Because like growing up, the people that I really liked was like Larry Johnson, uh, Sean Kemp, um, Van Baker. Um, just I just like those real physical cats. Because plus that was like kind of like my size, so I was like I was like oh they just come down here like slam, and I had. Back in the days when you would put posters and stuff on your wall, I had Sean Kemp up on my wall. Like, I was like, man, he would just come through, like, wrecking stuff. Who were some of, like, your favorites, like, growing up? Oh, man. So, I just posted this on Facebook. Uh, one of my homeboys tagged me in, you know, one of those challenges, you know, mm-hmm. top 10 and then nominate someone else. So, I'm, I like, I'm like you, man. I, I love the big guys, man. My favorite, too, were Shaq and Hakeem, man. Okay. Hakeem just has so much finesse, you know, with the, mm-hmm. that pump. Uh, I think they call it the dream shake, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shake. So I would I would do that all the time. And <laughs> Jack, you know, would just kind of come in and bully his way around. But yeah, growing up, man, I like Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Kevin Johnson on the yes. uh, Um I, I really liked um, – <laughs> I really like Latrell Sprewell, man, growing up, man. Yeah, uh, hey, yeah, I like Sprewell. Yeah, I had I had uh, NBA Live 95 on the Sega. <laughs> <laughs> I would always play with the Warriors, and, you know, that was uh, – the Warriors were trash, man. But, you know, Sprewell would always come on the down, and he had that tomahawk dunk he would do on the side. You mm-hmm. know? So he was uh, one of my favorites, and, um, you know – just Sean Kemp, the Rain Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kev, um, Gary Payton, the Glove. I mean, yeah. I can go on and on, man. I it's just I, I had I had a pair of Sean Kemp shoes, like the the Rainmakers, mm. uh, Fila. I I remember those. My old my oldest brother got those for me as a gift one day, and I man, I love them shoes. I was I was walking hard in uh, junior high with them shoes, man. Sean Sean hey. Kemp, Kemp was my dude. Bro, funny story, bro. So look. My parents would not buy me expensive shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody would come to school with, you know, Jordans, Pippins, you know, up tempos. So one year for Christmas, you know, my pops got me some Hakeem Olajuwon's. Mm. And, you know, the Rockets had just went back to back. So I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, I got some Hakeem Olajuwon's. I finally got a. You know, I finally got a player. I got some shoes. Mm-hmm. They were made by Spalding, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to school thinking, yeah, I got some Akeem Elijah rhymes, man. Before before there was, what are those, right? <laughs> that was the worst day of my uh, junior high <laughs> experience, man. <laughs> oh, man. What, so what happened? Man, I just I got roasted, man. I got roasted all day, man, because they were spaldings and came mm-hmm. and, and you know I'm a kid. I don't know no. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, hey, man, he he just won the finals back to back, man. You mm-hmm. know, he had to play it off like, oh, I, you know, my dad got me these, man. But, 
deep down, man. I thought I was doing something, man. Yeah, no, I, no, I feel you. The other pair of basketball shoes, and I don't know who they, I think it was a tie to the movie, but I had those Reebok above the rims. Oh. Um, and I, I used to love those shoes, like, and it had the little, like, diamond thing in the sole of the shoe. It was, those were nice. I'm not a big shoe person, um, but I do have, like, memories of that, like, compared to, like, shoes just that are tied to, like, a memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, they're, they're, you know, kids, kids can be rough. Like most people, and I've worked in education for a minute, a lot of people do not like middle school kids. Like they just say that is like the worst. I got a friend, Chris. Chris do not like middle school folks. He like, he like, nah, them the worst. He's like, if I ever had to not go to a level, he's like, that's the level I'm not going to go to. <laughs> middle school kids. Is just, I haven't had bad experience with middle school kids, but I've heard countless stories of folks who are just like nah that middle school level ain't, ain't it for me man middle middle school is brutal bro and um before i took this job at youth alive i was um i got offered a position uh to do pe mm -hmm. at elmhurst on 98th in east oakland my uh my sister works there right so i would come in um and i would volunteer like two three days a week just to help out you know yeah. just uh just to see see what it was like, and mm -hmm. man, those kids are brutal. <laughs> I'm I'm like I, I don't think I would have made it through, you know. And and the crazy part is, you know, they all have Jordans on, and and mm -hmm. you know some of them have on Gucci belts, and a few of them have gold teeth. And I'm like at that age, man, I couldn't get nothing designer. Man, like at, I remember in high school and middle and junior high when we were there, um, nobody had stuff like that. I mean, we really did. I didn't know like what like high fashion and all that stuff was for sure. I mean, I knew what Jordan shoes and all that stuff was. I didn't have none of that. I didn't. I didn't trip about none of that stuff. But I mean, I remember it was us like taking the. I didn't do it, but I remember folks taking the uh, wrapper from the gum and then making like uh, silver teeth. Like that's that's what you did. You didn't have no real gold ones or platinum teeth or nothing like that yeah not not until late late 2000s i mean there were you know there were a couple people who did you know like yeah back then you know that was you know for people involved in the street life and whatnot mm -hmm. but um it's funny you mentioned that with the gum wrapper because i did a presentation in 10th grade and i um i don't remember what class it was i remember the teacher's name was mr kahane Mm -hmm. I did a presentation and I showed everybody how to put the uh, the gum wrapper in your mouth, <laughs> gold teeth, and he laughed. Everybody laughed. I got an A on that presentation, man. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's man, that's that's a trip. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to do my my podcast segue. So you touched on gold teeth teaching, but uh, that blue and gold, your 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 warriors. Um, Formerly Oakland, now now San Francisco. Um, yeah. I, I I know that's rough. That that hit me. I mean, I was I was not like I said again. I wasn't a Warriors fan. I don't I don't commit myself to being a Warriors fan. But um, I appreciated the growth that they did with Steph, with Clay, with with uh, Draymond, and that was part of my big thing when the KD thing happened. But we'll get to that in a minute. But um, man, how are you feeling about your team? Uh, how has it been like? How was that transition from y'all sucking, like like sucking, and then y'all like blow up, glow up, and then blow up, and now it's like everybody like want to be your friend, and yeah. now again y'all like under friends because of injuries. Yeah. 
I'll say it like this, man. In my in that uh, presentation I did on Monday, I used the Warriors to uh, describe gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the early 90s, I mean, aside from two years, Run TMC and Chris Webber, the Warriors were always trash. <laughs> no, Nobody really paid them any mind. Nobody, nobody wanted to come here. Nobody wanted to play here. Mm-hmm. It was common to just sign. It was common to overpay players who weren't worth the money. Mm-hmm. And even when we would get someone and they become an all-star, they'd get traded like the season later. Um, I mean, but, you know, we're growing up. We're going to the Warriors games. I mean, sometimes we go to the games to watch other players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lakers coming into town or, you know, uh, the Bulls coming into town, whoever it was. So, I mean, it wasn't, there was always a loyalty there, but Mm -hmm. we we knew there was no playoffs in sight. There was no champion. We always knew, right? We, we would look forward to, Oh, okay. This person's leading the league in free throw percentage this year or, (laughs) you know, something, something boring. And then, the, the first wave came in 07, you know, with yeah. uh, Ben Davis and the Weeble mm-hmm. League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they took down the Mavericks. Was, yeah, that that was a good time, man. That was a really good time. And tickets were still affordable. Uh, and at that time, I was living off a of high street. Okay. My, remember I told you my friend was a, the beat writer? Mm-hmm. So I'd get a call at like, you know, Seven o'clock, game started at 7.30. Hey, I, I came up on some tickets. You want to come? Oh, yeah. I just hop in my car, drive around the corner. That's a 15-minute drive, and I yeah. watch the game. So, now, when they start getting good, you know, when Curry and <laughs> – Oh, man, them, them tickets start becoming hard to come by. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, it's understandable. So, this, to see them start winning was kind of surreal because – you know, for the most part in the Bay Area, aside from like the 49ers, really. Yeah. I think the 49ers were the last Bay Area team that really like was dominant. Mm-hmm. And then the, around that same time, the Warriors got dominant. The Giants started to get dominant too. Yeah. But um, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was surreal. That's all I can say, man, to watch a team that you grew up rooting for that would always get beat up by the war, um, the uh, the Kings in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, it, it just felt good to finally be on the other end of those uh, conversations. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I know that had, and once I, once, once I saw the, the the glow up and blow up of the Warriors, I was happy for them. I was like, oh, Oakland. And I, I've been working in Oakland the last, um, I want to say maybe six or seven years now and pseudo feel adopted by the city and everything. So I was like super excited. Like when the Warriors really started to blow up and everything, I'm like, Oh man, that's dope. And happy for Oakland and everything. And it was, it was just, I mean, cause Oakland's just a different place. Like people always say like, Oh, San Francisco. Oak. Like I go Oakland all day over San Francisco. Just, I mean, just the vibe, the, the feel, the culture and everything. So I was, I was super excited. And you touched on the Kings. Um, Again, I don't have like super alliances in basketball outside of like LeBron. Um, but team wise, I in high school I became a Kings fan simply off the fact that everybody in high school was Laker fans. And I'm like, all of y'all can't be Laker fans. Like, this is crazy. And so the Kings were doing well. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna ride with the Kings then and like go against like everybody else. Cause everybody, like, 
you, I, in high school, I graduated high school in 02. So, I mean, Lakers are dominating all before that and up and to that point. And the Kings never got past them, but I was just like, I'm, I'm not hopping on the bandwagon to like, you know, say like, oh, I'm a Lakers fan. And I just, I can't do that. I was like, ain't nobody over here rocking with the uh, Kings. I'm gonna go hop over here then. See, like if the Warriors may have been doing something then, I may have hopped on the Warriors. Like if they was like pushing the Lakers to the limit, maybe I would have hopped on with like with the Lakers and everything. I mean, with the uh, Warriors. But then I was talking with my brother yesterday about basketball. He's a, he's again, my oldest brother, he's a huge basketball fan. And he's a Warrior fan as well. And I didn't know that until yesterday. We've never talked like hoop hoop like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, and he was just saying, like, mostly everybody, if you weren't like a Warriors fan, if you didn't have your real ties, especially back in the day in the early 90s, the Jordan time, that's when, like, everybody was like Bull fans. And, like, I've watched Jordan, but, like, I was like, okay, it's, it's basketball. Just tell me when football's even coming, because that's, that's, that's <laughs> really, like, my, my love. So, but... Um, your Warriors, and so the Warriors blew up, and they got good and everything, and they was on fire. Like, man, that 73 win season, I was like, man, this is this is crazy. I was like, they really yeah. doing this. And so the whole time, uh, post that, because post high school, basically, I, I became a LeBron fan. I'm like, man, this dude is, like, massive. He's, like, 6'8". I'm never envious of, of people – physically and stuff but I always say if I could be somebody physically for a day I would want to be LeBron and play a game like that dude is just massive his IQ his vision and all that stuff and so I never been to Cleveland don't know nothing about Cleveland I never called myself a Cleveland fan I never was like I'm a I'm a uh, Cavaliers almost forgot what the name of the team was (laughs) but I was never like I'm a I'm a Cavaliers fan but I was like man I'm a LeBron fan I want to see him do well I want to do uh, the, you know, just see see him see him grow because I saw it early, and so you know he goes through the Miami thing, does all of that stuff. When he was making the decision, and a lot of people like called me. I've been called a warrior hater for like eons, you know, and we've had this conversation <laughs> ourselves. And so, but when uh, when LeBron was making his decision, I was like, man, it'd be so dope if he came to the uh, Warriors. Like, I was like, man, come to the Bay Area. Like, to have a superstar like that in the Bay Area would have been, like, massive. I was like, either that or the Warriors. Um, what do you think about that if he would have just, if he would have decided to come, come to the Warriors? Man, that, that would have been, that, that would have been a fairy tale, man. You know, <laughs> at, at this time, I don't, I don't, let me, let, man. <laughs> I can't remember any like top of the line players ever coming to Golden State in yeah. their it never happened. Mm-hmm. KD was the first, and and yeah. let me say this, man, I'm a huge LeBron fan. Like mm-hmm. it, that's why during the finals it was such a conflict for me because, <laughs> man, I, I was a LeBron apologist, bro. Like. Yeah. When he left to go to when he left to go to Miami, mm-hmm. uh, I was hyped. I'm like, I I didn't get mad. Oh, the decision and yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't on that. I'm like, look, I, that he did that for charity, right? Mm-hmm. Now he might be mad if they won't, but I even feel like that finals in uh, 07 when they got swept by the Spurs. Yeah, you know, that was impressive because he took a team of you know, he took some B list stars and and they went to the finals. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, it was hard to cheer 
against LeBron because in any other time, I would have wanted to see LeBron win every time yeah. he went to the finals except against my team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, it was – it was so and, so and so at that time, so now LeBron's back in Cleveland. He's going against the Warriors. And so I'm working in Oakland. I'm, work, I'm working I'm like – Fruitvale and uh, Foothill. Like, I'm, I'm working right there. So, I'm deep in Oakland. And so, everybody now, Warrior fans, like, just magically. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hate on them. I'm not going to hate them. I ain't known y'all that long, but y'all cool. Like, I like y'all. And so, I'm LeBron. I'm like, I'm like, we doing this. This is the thing. And, man, when they came back on that 3-1, that 1-3 that down, oh, man, I was like – and so uh, – Man, it was just, it's just, but there's something about, for me, there's something about being in the middle of something when somebody's winning, but being the opposite. There's really something about that. I don't always naturally uh, pick that, but it seems like I end up on that side. Like when the, the Niners were just at the Super Bowl, I was going for Andy Reid, because Andy Reid is an eagle. Like he's he's still an eagle to me um, and rooted for him to do his thing, but it's something about that. So, um what was it like that that atmosphere of like y'all being in the finals? It's real now. Um, you you got to experience the parade and everything. Like what is what what was all of that like for you? Man, let, well let me say this: I, I I didn't go to not one parade, right? Oh, yeah. The the first one I I, I got stuck at work, man, and I oh. was I was a delivery driver too. So there were a million people in Oakland that day, and. I was trying my hardest to like get to Oakland, you know, from on one of my delivery routes, mm-hmm. but you know, everything was in like the South Bay that day. So I, I, I didn't get to experience it. Um, but being in the finals, man, it just, it, I, like I said, it felt surreal because, yeah. you know, I've seen this with the A's, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, I, I went to the 1990 world series as a kid. Oh, okay. And that's the one we lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, you know, the '94 Super Bowl with the the um, the Niners. I, I remember that Deion Sanders. Yeah. For the Warriors to be in the finals, I mean, I felt like, man, all right, we we got this far. That was that was good enough. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> Straight up, we. I don't think nothing. Look, everybody counted the Warriors out. Now, people are gonna call people call me a homer because I'm such a fan, right? But. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, you know, I'm a basketball fan, you know, I'm, I'm not a casual fan. So when the Warriors and the, and the Cavs came together, you got to remember this. I wish I could go on first take and battle Max because Max be playing the Warriors, right? You got to remember this, Doug. The Warriors lost to the Spurs in 2013 in mm-hmm. six games, and we didn't have our number one scorer, David Lee. The next year, we lost to the Clippers in seven games, and I went to one of those um, those playoff games in L.A. at um, Staples. Mm. Okay. Stuff of my sister, but we lost in seven games because our center was out. So was that Bogut at the time, or Bogut? Okay. Yep. And DeAndre Jordan had like a historical game where he grabbed like twenty rebounds or something like that. Like he he got off that playoff series without a center. Mm. So when 2015 comes around and we make the finals, I'm thinking, you know what? This team is battle-tested. We're ready. We've been together for some years now. And we got real chemistry to whereas the Cavs were built in the summer, right? Yeah. Because 
Kyrie was there, but man, they wasn't doing nothing with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Then they go get LeBron, and then they sign Kevin Love, and I'm like, man, you know what? They they not battle tested. They've never played together. They not yeah. ready. They gonna have to learn how to gel. So, you know what? It it, it needs to be said, man. The East has been weak forever, mm-hmm. right? So they ran through the East. When they finally faced up, I ain't gonna honestly say, oh, I knew the Warriors was gonna win. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. you I, still I, know that's I, LeBron right there. That's LeBron, you know. That's 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 King James, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I knew. Now I remember in the during the season we we played them twice and we beat the mess out of them twice in the regular season. Yeah. So I'm like, we can't beat them. But I mean, I I know that had Kyrie and Kevin Love played, it would have been much closer. Yeah, but. I don't think it's fair for people to assume that the Cavs would have just ran over the Warriors. Just yeah. like, it's not fair to assume the Warriors would have just flat out beat the Cavs. You know, we, we, we just will never know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of hypotheticals and all that stuff because even wanting the Cavs to win that, I, I just knew with Kevin Love being there and Kyrie, it just would have been a better series. That's, that's all I say. I don't know who pulls it out in the end, but I, I, but I ultimately agree with you that, that chemistry and so many people overlooked that in the sense of chemistry, bringing people together. That's part of the reason why when uh, LeBron was down there in Miami, that first year they went, they didn't win. Like you going against the, the Spurs who are the, the definition of like, like teamwork, camaraderie, single-mindedness. Like you can't expect to win when all of y'all just came together. Yeah, exactly. And I think that first year they lost to the Dallas. Oh no, the Mavericks. The Mavericks. Yeah, the, yeah, the Mavericks. Yeah, but the Mavericks were together. Like they weren't just put together, like you said. Exactly. Yep. So, so no, so that's that's huge, man. And then so the next year they meet again, and then you you got you got the Draymond, <laughs> you kick in, and 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 LeBron brings them back down. I yeah. mean, man, look, that was the perfect storm, man. I literally, my my sister and I were talking about that, man, because um, I'm gonna be honest, bro, I still get mad, <laughs> get mad during that series, man. You know, it's it's a it's a sore spot, and people forget the Warriors were down three one against OKC. Yeah, no, yeah, no. We'll we'll, we'll go into that because that that's part of my my vitriol for for uh for Durant coming to y'all. So <laughs> yeah. like I I I mean, but but how 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 was that that so in a sense that second year against the Cavs had to be a little bit bittersweet for you though because you like LeBron. But, I mean, your team went down, like you said, in the perfect storm. Yes. It was bittersweet, man, because um, it's a uh, it's a member at, our, at my church. His name is Mark, and he's from Cleveland. So I believe he had just moved to Oakland maybe the year before. Mm-hmm. So – and he's – you know, he's, he's, he's a diehard Cleveland everything, you know. Just like how that, that has to be hard to do. That 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 has to be real hard to do. Like uh, diehard Cleveland, everything. Yes, but <laughs> that's I, real I, dedication. That's real. De- I was about to say, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a more loyal fan base. Even even though they burned LeBron's jersey and all mm-hmm. that, stuff, I've never. I mean, just think about it. The Browns were the trashiest team ever, and you know they fought to get the Browns back. Yeah. Know, when they- Baltimore 
Um, but you know, it was it was it was bittersweet in the sense that. All right, let's go back a, real quick. You know, in terms of the Jordan mm-hmm. conversation, right? How mm-hmm. you talk about the pedestal. Yeah. You know, one of the things that they love to bring up is Jordan was six and on the finals. He got six rings. He never lost. Man, I always wanted Kobe to get six rings because I, I got I get tired of that narrative. So yeah, I really wanted LeBron to really just have like that same type of narrative, but it just wasn't gonna happen. No oh, man, if they if LeBron would have got if LeBron could have got the six, the 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 media would have they wouldn't have known what to do anymore. No. They'd be like, oh, well, he ain't bald-headed, so he can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and even even with this, man, you know, I, I hope I'm not on a tangent, but during that finals, the first finals with the Warriors and the Cavs, it really felt like, and I remember some of the commercials, oh, the Kings men are going into Oakland to take down the Warriors. And it's like, I know he's the number one star yeah. in the league man but like come on man let's this, this is a battle like mm-hmm. don't crown him champion yet and i think that fed into the the whole like him losing you know for him yeah so then when he did win when they came back 3-1 look it was a perfect storm injuries suspension mm-hmm. you know uh heart i mean that game six and game seven, J.R. Smith and LeBron James, they balled out. Yeah. They balled out. Man. No, and, and sadly, and this is one of the things that, that isn't touched on a lot in sports. Um, and I mean, but it's clear to see there's always an East Coast bias as much as like, and it's all the sports. It doesn't matter like what it is. And you can hear sports uh, like journalists and stuff on the East Coast, you know, get mad when the West Coast team is good because they got to stay up later. So, yeah. so there's there's always that that narrative and everything, and then so, um, so the Cavs come back and win that one, and then y'all go and do the surprising move of bringing KD in. Man, hey, look, I, I'm 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 gonna speak this into existence, man. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen lately, but reports are that the Warriors have been in talks with Giannis. I've, I've, I've heard that, but I, I, I look. I put it to you like this, bro. When when KD talks were happening, deep down we like, man, ain't nobody coming here. Like mm-hmm. we, we ain't never signed nobody who was in a prime to come. Like it just, yeah. it it just wasn't to me. It wasn't real, right? Mm-hmm. Very clearly, July fourth. My wife is from North Carolina, bro. She's not even a hoop fan like that, right? Mm-hmm. My wife wakes me up July 4th in the morning. Hey, hey, are we in the bed. Hey, wake up. Guess what? I'm like, what? She's like, KD, come to the Warriors. I'm like, whatever, man. I'll roll back over, you know. Then my phone started blowing up. I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, this is really happening. Yeah. But even the, even me, I'll say, like, you know what? Gonna be interesting because our offense is already legit. Like we got mm-hmm. a pretty good offense. Like, what is he gonna bring to the table? And it was kind of one of those things, man. Where on paper, man, that sounds great, but yeah, how this thing gonna work out? 
Yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely interesting. And the, the the problem, the only problem I had with the with the KD thing was the fact that he, him, and Oklahoma was up three one on y'all. Like I, in every fiber and being, and I get business is business, and I get all of that stuff. I'm I'm looking past all of that. I'm not talking money, any of that stuff. <clears throat> if I'm if I'm up on you, or if like we was fighting and like I almost had you. I'm going back to train, get stronger, and then come back and, and slaughter you the next year. I'm not going to join you. I just, I just can't do that. Like, I, I can't do that in my fiber and my being. I get the logical move, go to the Warriors, all of this stuff and everything. I, I get all of that. But it was – it was I'm like, man, that's a weak move. Like, if, 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 if Giannis came here, like, and y'all didn't run into him at all, like, in the finals or something, and then he – I'd be like, okay, I get it. But for me, the KD thing was merely the fact that he was right there up 3-1 on y'all to get to the finals. And then y'all come back, punch him in the mouth, smashing, destroying, body slamming, hit him with the rock bottom. Then he got back up, Stone Cold hit the stunner on him, Undertaker came and then did the tombstone and like everything. Triple H came in, did the pedigree. And then yeah. Jeff Hardy finished it off with a Santon from the uh, top rope. Yeah, and y'all smash him. Did he come and join y'all? And I'm just like, nah, I can't, bro. I can't touch that. So I had so when the set happened, I was like, I have all ill will towards the Warriors. Like I just turned red against them. I was like, no love, no love. So <laughs> man, look, you and ninety percent of the world, bro. Like, you, this this is what a lot of people fail to realize, right? You see how. The Cavs came back from 3-1 on us. It was the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was injury, suspension. And look, I'm going to go on record and say this. Draymond getting suspended is not what killed us, mm-hmm. right? It hurt us. What hurt us the most was when Bogat got hurt. Mm-hmm. Draymond got suspended game five, and Bogat got hurt in game five. LeBron, they, 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 they beat us down game five and scored – points in the paint all day. Mm-hmm. Draymond come back game six, we lose. Curry fouls out that game. Game seven, Draymond had 35 points, right? So he, even though the, the narrative is, oh, he cost us the series and he'll say I cost us the series, Draymond should have been suspended against OKC. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we we really shouldn't even made it to the final. <laughs> he they let him play. Now, with that said, it was a perfect storm for LeBron to win. Now, here comes the summer. Here comes more of the perfect storm, but in our favor now. You got to remember, Durant's contract was up. So, I think he had he played out the total eight years. And also, you got to remember, there was a new uh, collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, CBA. Mm-hmm. That TV, yeah, that TV money came in, yeah. right? So... Now all the teams have to spend this money, right? And you can open up the books and like you saw players, no name players was getting a hundred million, 150, right? So this literally was the only year that this, that the Warriors could have signed to Katie. This couldn't have no other season, right? Mm -hmm. So, and with that said, I think, I mean, it's clear to see now, man, Durant is a, a guy that is, you know, he's sensitive. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive, man. I'm sensitive. All right. I, I'm, I'm a sensitive person as well. I, 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 yes. 
However, he cares what people say. And I think people got, I don't think he wanted to go down as the greatest scorer of all time without a championship. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think he felt like he needed, and it's, 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 there's, all, there's also, you can tell there's something in him that was missing that he thought a ring would fulfill. Yeah. And even when he got it, he said, man, he, he still felt like something was missing. So yeah. it, it was just one of those things. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a total mental makeup to that guy that, um, like, strings back. I mean, I've read articles about him being in high school and not liking himself because he sprouted and everything and was just awkwardly shaped in, in, in a notion. And then, like you said, like, thinking that winning is going to suffice everything. It's like, for us, in a sense, <clears throat> normal folk in, in, in whatever sense, that means thinking that, accumulating all of these material things is, is what's going to make us happy. I mean, we see over-the-top wealthy people depressed and sad and everything because there's something deeper. I mean, we hear it about, like, coming out the book that was just released and even articles about how he he he, he was never going to feel at home because this, this, was, this was Steph Curry's place. Like, you're not going to get this from Curry. And, like, that you wanted to be on his level, if not maybe higher than him, you're not going to get that. If you yeah. wanted that, you should have stayed in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so it's 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 a tough tough aspect to have. Um, and that just always, I'm just like, man, you gotta you you got you therapy. <laughs> like, Definitely. Let me and, and I'll say this too. So my uh, my friend, the one I was telling you about, he used to be the beat writer, mm-hmm. the one that wrote that book on KD, right? So. Man, I, I, man, I, I'll talk with you offline about that, man. But yeah, it's just a yeah. whole behind that. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely gotta have that talk. So, so, I, so I'm gonna switch it uh, up here for us. So we're gonna do that, uh, that goat talk uh, that everybody love to have. And this ain't gonna be that like Stephen A. Crazy over the top. That Skip Bayless. I can't, I, I can't stand either of those cats anymore. Like I'm just so over the top. But um, yeah. what, what is your feeling on the NBA goat talk? Uh, you know what? It's this reminds me of rap, right? <laughs> and let let me preface my comment. So, I had an older dude post something on one of my Facebook posts about Tupac and Biggie, right? Mm-hmm. So he he's probably like in his forties, maybe yeah. touching fifty. He gonna tell me, oh, the era I come from, Tupac and Biggie would never go down as goats, right? I'm like, okay, OG. Talk that talk, you know? Mm-hmm. No. He gonna throw in K-Solo, right? Yeah. I'm like, K-Solo don't even consider himself the GOAT, right? <laughs> he wasn't even the Raws and Death Squad. Everybody loved Redman and then Eric Parrish. I mean, mm-hmm. Eric Sermon, right? So, going back to the high chair syndrome. Just, and, just explain what the high chair syndrome is for him. So the high chair syndrome is, you know, everybody's mesmerized in a time and era that they grew up in, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the best, right? So, and, and it, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you just mentioned the wrestlers, right? Yeah. If you talk to me, man, my favorite wrestler growing up was Shawn Michaels, you know, mm-hmm. and, and The Undertaker, right? But, I mean, I can't deny, man, I love Stone Cold and I love The Rock, you know? Yeah. They were great. But some people find it hard to get out of that era you know of when it when it was mesmerizing to them so mm-hmm. I, in terms of the goat man i i can arguably see why people call jordan the goat you know he yeah. 
he had the athleticism, he had the work ethic, he had the drive. I mean, and he was just uber competitive, right? Yeah. But that was the 90s because people people don't like to bring up when he was getting kicked out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, when he was getting dogged. Getting dogged, you know. So now you have Magic in the 80s, right? You got uh, Bird. Yeah. So Kobe ran the 2000s. LeBron ran the 2010s. You know, there. I mean, there's a goat in every era. If exactly. You so, so yeah. So you feel like me because I, people talk this goat talk, and I mean, I get the 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 sense of having conversations and everything and untouchable. Um, I mean, it's, it can spark a good conversation. I always start this conversation like this: Have you ever seen a a field with just one goat? I've never seen a field with just one goat. So there's always multiple goats, and like you said. The, and I just had this this conversation with my uncle, a very passionate conversation. I'm going to call it a very passionate conversation <laughs> uh, about, because I, I love LeBron and everything like that. And people are like, oh, well, like LeBron ain't like Jordan. I'm like, he ain't supposed to be Jordan. He's supposed to be LeBron. And like you said, so many people talk about it. And we got this Jordan documentary out and everything right now. People love to say, oh, you know, they talk about all the accomplishments and everything. Like we've even switched the fact that Jordan probably has a gambling problem. We switched it to, oh, he has a competitive problem. Like, like come on, the, the priviness of people just loving one person where you don't even see their their flaws. He was getting beat up by the, by the bad boy pisses and everything. I love when Isaiah came out and was like, so y'all want to reward him for lifting weights? Like he was supposed to do that. Yeah. It's like, like <laughs> like come on like that's not an accomplishment like oh yeah like he wouldn't lift his weights I'm like I'm like oh that, okay that's part of his job if you want to talk about a similar what I would say is better to my in my eyes what's a better view of somebody really making sure their game is on point because of their competition is Dion to me because I remember Dion talking about when he would when he a week when the week leading up to when he would play Dallas and have to go against Michael Irvin he would weight train more when it was him going against uh, Jerry, he would run more because cardio. So when you know that mindset, yes, that's an, ama- that's an amazing thing. And you're switching that in season. Okay, Jordan got beat up by the bad boys in all season. Ooh, I put on 15 pounds of muscle. Okay, well, you, you did it. That's a, good, that's a good job. You did, you did a good job. Okay. But it's like, y'all, y'all need to come on. And now, like, all this talk coming out, I saw, like, Shaq talking about, oh, Jordan will score 45, average 45 in this new era. I'm like, y'all just want to throw stuff out. Shaq, you was you would average like 60 in this era if we want to go hypothetical. Right, right. So and and half of the team would be fouled out. So I mean yeah. <clears throat> it's just it's just craziness, man. So I, I appreciate you on the sense understanding, like, you know, there's multiple goats. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jordan. Jordan, as great as he was, I don't deny his greatness, but I think a lot of people, you need to bring him down. Take him out of that glass box that you have him in, put him back down, put him on the couch, just let him sit there. He's a normal person. Yes, did he have abnormal elite skills? Yes, but all of these cats do. I mean, you hear the stories about Kobe and him training and developing and everything. I don't and so many times I, I take rings out of stuff. I get that that's the highest accomplishment you can have. I get that. But there's an effort that you put there. That would be like saying Charles Barkley isn't one of the greatest ever just because he doesn't have rings. Or Carl Malone isn't because he doesn't have rings. Or in football, Dan Marino isn't one of the greats because he doesn't have rings. Right. It's a team sport. You need 
everything to get there. And I was this this conversation I was having with my uncle yesterday. I was telling him Kobe and Jordan. Okay, they have a lot of of titles. Was that a eleven between them? Common denominator: Phil mm-hmm. Jackson yep. and great organization. You don't win without a great organization. You ne- you never see a team win without great leadership that is beyond the court if it ain't if it ain't the head coach if it ain't management and everything you don't win without it that's why the browns are the browns how they've been you look in football you see the Steelers. Steelers have six championships the most in football that's because their family knows how to run that it's a family running it for decades they've had three coaches in their years of tenure in the nfl yeah. You you don't win without leadership. So like you're saying with the Warriors, it was a perfect storm uh, for the winning and for the losing of things. I mean, even the last championship last year was a perfect storm of injuries and everything. Um, but you don't you don't stay successful with anything without good management, without good leadership, and it's and it's so vital. Yep. I mean, every what they say, winning starts from the top. You know? Yeah. Success starts from the top. You know and I think the Warriors, going back to the Warriors, are a great example of that because uh, when the ownership brought the team in 2010 or 11, they cleared house, you know, and there were only like two employees that were uh, that were left. Mm-hmm. Um, man, not to get not to get too holy or whatnot, man, but you know that's that's the same thing that happened when. Um, when the children of Israel were supposed to go into Canaan, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was a land that they were supposed to conquer and everybody was spooked. They saw the giants. So we're like grasshoppers to them, but you had Joshua and Caleb. They like, Hey, let's go in here and knock it out. You know, yeah. so everybody from that old generation died out. You, mm-hmm. know? you have to bring in new blood. So yeah, they brought in a new GM a new co- and, and I was one of those ones when they fired Mark Jackson, I'm like, that was stupid. Steve. Yeah. Not the guy. Um, look what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it's definitely that balance. And I was going to touch on that as well, the Mark Jackson thing. And leadership doesn't always transfer directly over, but he established something there. And then Curry came in and then added more to it, and then was able to drive it the same way um, of what it needed to be and everything. So that's that's always the the development because he was that. From what I understand and have heard from Warrior fans, he really gave y'all that defensive presence, and then uh, Kerr came in and gave you that offensive presence and everything. Exactly, and that's that's uh, precise. You know, um, think about the Buccaneers. Remember, uh, yeah, two- mm-hmm. Dungy to Gruden. Yes, you know, and I don't I don't credit Gruden as being some type of offensive mind because really, Gruden did this with the Raiders. He would try to make you he would try to make your offense beat our defense. Mm-hmm. So he built a great defense with the Raiders, but Dungy built the defense with the Bucks. So all yeah. he was come in and basically just, you know. Well, and, and that was the perfect storm. When you play your old team and the, the head, the new head coach that was your offensive coordinator, don't change the playbook. I mean. Play. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So, so I mean, it's 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 crazy, man. So, so yeah, man. I uh, I really appreciate you coming on today, uh, Carlos, man. Really being able to chop it up and talk talk this talk. We're gonna have to talk some more, like you said, offline and everything, and just continue our yeah. conversations. But uh, 
I got this new segment at the end of my podcast and everything. So it's just called uh, What You Digging On. So like, what are you digging on right now in your life? Could be anything. Man, you know what? To be honest, I'm Netflixed out. I'm a <laughs> TV out man. So I've been, I've been reading this book, Eerie Silence. Okay. My mentor wrote this book, man. And um, he wrote it and, 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 it's a it's a powerful read because it talks about how race and racism has impacted every institution from church to education to mm -hmm. healthcare to the legal system man and you know there are some things and and he's you know he's deeply connected his brother-in-law was killed by OPD his wife's mm -hmm. brother so um we've been having discussions regarding, you know, what just recently happened with the young man, Ahmad Arbit, yeah. man. And I've just been, I've been just trying to stay grounded, bro, because, mm -hmm. you know, black men are black men. I was washing my car last night and uh, yeah. I saw another black man, you know, waxing his and I'm like, Hey bro, just, just be safe out here, man. And he kind of was like, yep. I, he already knew what I was talking about, mm -hmm. you know? So I've, I've just been trying to stay grounded, man. And, and, and know that, we are, as African-Americans, Black people specifically, we are the ones most negatively impacted by this COVID-19. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I've just been trying to stay grounded. Yeah, man. I, I, no, I appreciate that. And I'm in that with you. Definitely uh, what I'm digging on right now is, is the similar. Just just going, just always hearing about all these these shootings and, and kill. And, I mean, it's just, it's, it gets so much. And I even posted on my, my IG the other day, just like, man, there's only so much numbing like we can, we right. can do. And like, it's, it's just so much. And so it's so much to try to deal with. It's so much um, to try to really understand. And, and I'm even, even I'm trying to figure out how to, to approach this as a podcast. Cause I want to cover that, that subject and everything. And um, just trying to get my heart in the, yeah. In in a good place to even do it because it's it's a lot to take on and so yeah. that's that's what I'm digging on right now as well, man. So again, I I really appreciate you uh, coming on today. Uh, we definitely gonna have you back on uh, somewhere in the near future and uh, talk some more uh, whatever it is and and you know this sports real life. Uh, you yeah. know I got a whole bunch of stuff in my head that that I'm I'm messing around with right now. So you know you'll definitely be back, man. So really appreciate it, man. And uh, till next time. Till next time, man. Thanks for having me, man. This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.